Hey everyone, welcome back to the Game Off Podcast. I'm your co-host Brent Langevin, aka Arcadia, along with Andy Paulo, aka Solitalker. Today our showcase of the week is going to be the E3 conference. Uh, that means we're going to be deep diving on all the news and hype that came out of E3 this week. So no, no, no Game Off two game showcase this week again um, but rest assured we'll be back to regular programming next week but before we start with the e3 showcase we have a new segment uh it is yet unnamed but we're going to refer to it as host off for this episode and i'm going to throw it off to andy to introduce it to us yeah i wanted to call it getting to know you but our producer devora has explained to me that we don't have the funds to license that song so we'll go with host off for this week the general idea and conceit is that if you don't know who we are and haven't read any of the reviews of games I wrote in my live journal back in 2004, then you don't have a good establishment of our personality and the way we approach games and also just the kind of things that we're into. And that can kind of make it hard to get context for what we're saying about games. And you might have gotten the impression that, for example, I hate all games <laughs> because I've hated, not hated, but disliked most of the games that we've we've gone through. So 75%. I thought... 75%. Yeah, but the Yoshi one was good. Yeah, Yoshi was fun. Nice. Good pick. Re- really establishing my cred there. <laughs> so the general idea here is Brent and I, each week, are going to be given two questions by our producer that we haven't seen before, prior to live recording, that should kind of help build a picture of the people that you're listening to talk right now. And we're going to just, you know, one of us will open our question, ask the other... We'll discuss it back and forth between you know our opinions on it, and then we'll do the other. And it should only take a couple minutes, and hopefully give you an idea of where we're coming from, and maybe you'll and start to side or you know align with one of us. Okay, I seem to agree with Brent on a lot of these things. I can trust his opinion. Mm. So, uh, without further rambling, I guess uh, I'll start with mine. Brent, how do you feel about? 1000 piece jigsaw puzzles. Well, this is this is interesting. So, start a new job and in the break room they leave just a scattered puzzle out and like the idea is that like when you go back and get a soda, you like take your mind off of whatever and you start like, plugging plugging at the few pieces and you go back to your desk. Yeah, I, I mean, since I saw that, I sort of, like, have learned to appreciate jigsaw puzzles. Um, if you asked me this maybe, like, a month ago before I started at this company, I probably would have been like, don't waste my fucking time with a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> but I, I see I see some value there, um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. I used to do a lot of jigsaw puzzles when I was, uh, before I got married, before I moved in the, this house, and... I think it was mostly just something to do in the evenings while watching TV. Like, Hmm. before I got into the habit of playing games while watching TV, I had a little card table set up in my bedroom, and I would watch, like, reruns of Psych or The Simpsons or King of the Hill and do jigsaw puzzles. But I I don't think I've actually done a jigsaw puzzle in the last five or six years. I've bought several of them, and I can see them from where I'm sitting, and they're all unopened. Yeah. So, so in concept, I really like the idea, but not enough to actually open the box and and put aside some room to assemble one. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it sort of tricks your mind into thinking it's productive, sort of like adult coloring <laughs> books. <laughs> that's that's a really good, really good uh, analogy. 
What's yeah. your what? What do you got for a question there? Uh, it just says the Olsen twins. P.S. It's their birthday today. <laughs> oh, okay. How do I feel about the Olsen twins? <laughs> I have very little interaction with them outside of Full House. I remember them on Full House. You didn't House. go to their pool party? I didn't go to their pool party. I didn't. I, I found one of their books, like Mary Kate and Ashley solve some kind of mystery on a cruise at the book barn a couple weeks ago. So obviously I picked that up and that's on my stack of books to read. But I didn't know much about them outside of Full House and those seeing those weird Mary Kate and Ashley invite you to their pizza party tapes at the local magic video rental place. <laughs> oh, and though there was that for a while, people used to have like those countdowns or linked to countdowns in their aim profiles for like how many days and hours and weeks until they became legal, which I remember being a really weird, oh, creepy thing to have. Yeah. I, I remember someone I knew in middle school had one of those and was very excitedly counting down the time and thinking this was gross. Yeah, and he was, what, like, 12 at the time? Like, why is legality a problem? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't they I, be I older know. than him? Wouldn't they need a I countdown for him after that? I don't know what he thought was going to happen. He also turns 18 the same day. As maybe. Legally, everyone's 18. Sort of like on, uh, like, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> everyone's yeah, Irish right. on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> on Mary-Kate and Ashley's birthday, everyone's of legal age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's... It's getting grosser by the second. That is a horrible dystopia. What, what what are your thoughts on the Olsen twins? The only time I ever think about them is when I see their sister who acted in the Avengers and like the old, American old boy. And I'm just like, yeah, that's definitely oh, that, an Olsen girl. Is that Elizabeth Olsen? Maybe. It It's, it's not Mary-Kate or Ashley. That okay. much I can guarantee. Okay. That's fair. And the last I heard, there was like, one of them was like a fashion lady, and the other one was, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't even know. Can't even oh. speculate. I hope they're those, alive. Those fashion ladies. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, well, hope that's been uh, insightful for everyone. What's, what's the plan? To continue doing a few minutes of that for a yeah. while? Yeah, for a while, right. just, just to give people a better idea of who they're talking to. <laughs> and who they're listening to. Yeah, understand that we're not, like, psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, we'd lose a lot of listeners if our answer was much different for the Olsen twins. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think, a, I think we handled of... that pretty judiciously and naturally, since these were, you know, new questions that we hadn't seen before. So not prepared statements. So we got, we got a news-filled episode going over the E3 conferences. Uh, so we went over last week, uh, episode five, all of the different conferences and our predictions and assumptions and uh, informed guesses. Um, and this week, we're going to spend uh, an hour telling you how wrong we were and a little bit right. <laughs> we, were, we were right on a couple things. A couple things. The one that I will point out when we get to it. <laughs> the big one. The big um, one, Yes. Uh, yeah, so we'll go through it uh, sort of day by day, conference by conference. Um, technically, EA didn't have a conference, but they did show new stuff. Uh, so we'll talk about that briefly. Um, 
So yeah, EA finally unveiled after a year with nothing more than a name for Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Um, And then eventually they released a logo. Um, This past week they dropped a gameplay, a half, or not a half hour, like 20 minute gameplay trailer, um, sort of showing the, the finer points of the game. And what did you think about that, Andy? I thought that was a breath of fresh air in a, a period of time where we've had some pretty lousy Star Wars games, all things considered. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it was nice to see a real return to form in just a third-person Jedi action game. It's It looked somewhere be- like halfway between the old Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy series, and uh, Force Awakens. Not Force Awakens, what, what was it? Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed, yeah. Yeah, it looked kind of like a halfway point there where you weren't some Super Saiyan Jedi destroying an entire building with your mind, but you also didn't feel as kind of like Jedi powers didn't really matter, like you did occasionally in the Old Republic or playing in uh, Battlefront. (laughs) Yeah, where you're effectively a god when you're any of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, this felt like an actual balance. You know, you are powerful, but you are not god and you're not just tearing everything down pulling star destroyers from space to crash into the ground well i mean so that that might have been my only problem with the trailer is that it seemed like the only time you that you weren't walloping on whatever enemies they were fighting was when they were not using their abilities um yeah for for example like stormtroopers which stereotypically are ragdolls looked like just the most worthless, like <laughs> fucking moss on the side of a tree I'd ever seen. Um, the uh, it, Jedi Hunters, I think they're called. Go ahead. No, no, go. Okay, the uh, Jedi Hunters. Um, they later on in the trailer, you basically see him like force freeze one of them or time freeze, and like he just is stuck for like it looked like eight to ten seconds. And earlier on in the trailer, it was like a big wow moment where he was fighting it, mo- fighting the Jedi hunter mano a mano. Um, and it like looked really exciting, but it seems more like he was probably just holding back. There's there, there's skill points in the game. So like at what point does the game get trivialized by like godlike Jedi powers and questions that need answers? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough balance because in reality, like, Jedi should just cut through stormtroopers very easily. They're not really built yes. for fighting Jedi. And unless we're going to start talking about Terras Kasi stuff, most non-Jedis should be basically decimated by Jedis. Right, yes. But and that's also not a game. I was going to say. No, it's so, I don't know, it's a tough balance. I'm still hopeful just for the idea of it being a story-based game where you are a Jedi and get more powers as you go. Mm-hmm. Like that alone seems really cool. I'm hoping for uh, a, a decent amount of variance between going light and dark. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. that's always the fun of those Jedi games is kind of playing with the the Force powers on both sides and realizing the light side's garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, like, how much do you think they're gonna dabble in this? Like, uh, like you know light to gray Jedi or whatever you want to call them nowadays. I know gray Jedi is a bit of a controversial term. Since they kind of rebooted this uh, canon, everything has so much more weight. Every new thing they add to it. 
Mm. Whereas like, you know, the end of the old, you know, the end of legends, I guess they call it now, there was so much crap out there that you could put out a game and it didn't matter what the story was really. It's okay. This is already 30 books that contradict what you're writing. So do whatever you want. (laughs) No, now everything just has more weight because like, well, this is the fourth game to come out since they rebooted everything. So people are paying attention and making sure that stuff makes sense more than Mm. they did with Jedi Academy. Yeah, which is uh, sort of a, a mixed mixed blessing with how EA sort of like uh, juggled and dropped the franchise a lot. Like we we aren't getting an onslaught of games, but we aren't getting a lot of good games either. So, but there's a nice nice space between. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm very hopeful for it. Yeah, me too. I think other than the the challenge apprehension, I'm really excited. Like the climbing stuff always gets me rowdy as a big un, uncharted guy. Um, and I, I know I referenced it before and you had no idea what I was talking about, but it felt very reminiscent of a game called PsyOps, the Mindgate Conspiracy, <laughs> which yep. sti- still remains no, still remains one of the best uses of psychic force powers I've ever seen in a game. I, I you know did it extremely well with picking people up, throwing them, slamming them into things, picking up items and slamming them into people. So it, that set a very high bar in the PS2 era, and this is definitely meeting it. <laughs> go out and play um, psyops if you can find it yeah okay. yeah um all right so what, what else from the ea play uh not even a conference but ea play what anything uh, else you want to go over uh, not really i mean anthem it was just kind of oh, uh, yeah <laughs> it was like a, a 30 second gap where they're between the the official parts of ea play where they just like pushed someone from fucking uh, Bioware onto the stage, like talk about Anthem for thirty seconds. He was like, "It's it's going great, guys. Please, please have faith in us." And then well, he gets, there was like, there off. was that other guy that was just that had an Anthem T-shirt on while he was do- <laughs> talking. I think about uh, Battlefield. He was wearing an Anthem T-shirt. So your representation there. There you go, guys. See, please look forward to the future of that game because it is bright. <laughs> All right, so we can segue right into the Sunday conferences, which were uh, primarily Microsoft and Bethesda. Microsoft start, well, not even started, these aren't in order, but they announced uh, the new Elite controller, which I'm really excited about. Did you ever get one of the old Elites? I did not. No, I just have the regular controllers. Yeah, so I've had two of them fall apart on me now, so I was sort of disappointed with the build quality, but otherwise it's the best feeling controller I've ever used. It, my version now is like glued together and like looks like I fucking, I don't even know. Like <laughs> I went, I went like Freddy Krueger on it or something. But that being said, I was like willing to do that because I did not want to go back to any other controllers. So with the announcement for the new elite controller and later on, they confirmed too that it would be forward compatible with the new consoles. Um, I'm, I'm really, really jazzed about controllers. That was one of my highlights of uh, the Microsoft <laughs> conference, whether that's a huge, uh, boon or not for them. But, um, yeah. Uh, what else do we get from that? Um, let's talk about Blair Witch. I, I, th- I think I, I tweeted something along the lines of like, I never in a million years would have guessed this to be become a game franchise. Like I still, I still can't see it but i'm not a horror game player so maybe you have more insight uh i'm i'm an abject coward when it comes to (laughs) horror games 
I tried playing that Amnesia game, and I got scared when doors were slamming shut. I never actually saw what the monster looked like. Never even got that far. I just, doors started slamming shut, and I said, no, I can't do it. No. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so I, I'm definitely not going to be playing that Blair Witch game, but I'm very curious. I'd love to know why it's being made. Just what the, what steps took, what meetings happened, where... Because the, the most recent Blair Witch, my memory didn't do very well, that remake of the original they did. Yeah, and that was like seven years ago or so. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe longer. Why are they today deciding that, hey, Blair Witch is the new... I mean, fuck, just make you another Alan Wake game. Just make another Alan Wake and yeah, be man. done. You've got a horror franchise kind of already there waiting for you. I would be but surprised no. if we don't see more Alan Wake in the future, but yeah, my guess is that Remedy just didn't want to take up this the, the mantle just yet. Uh, so then the, the one that was a little better, the My- Minecraft Dungeons, That's that one surprised me as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by how many ARPGs are suddenly coming out of the woodwork, because we got that, uh, there's a Warhammer one, there's Conan one? There's another yep. one announced recently, too. Um, and then, yeah, there's a, there's at least two more that I can't think of the names of right now. Um, and I think Torchlight's coming back, too. Like Torchlight 2 for consoles. Yeah, I, it's like they everyone took a step back and was like, like, no, Diablo is just way better than anything we could ever imagine. Let's take like five <laughs> to six years before we even try again. Now there's this, this sudden resurgence of isometric fucking ARPGs, and it's thrilling. If I can play Torchlight on Switch, that's I will. That's a, a day one purchase for me. I loved Torchlight too, and I'd happily oh, play it again. Yeah, that'd be really good. All those games would be really good on Switch too, since they handle objectively good on controllers. Shockingly, uh, you were absolutely right about about getting more Battle Toads. Well, that was that was. I mean. I'm surprised it's this far or this complete. I think it's coming out early next year and it looks yeah. like a fully fledged game. I, I assumed because they announced it as a logo, we weren't going to hear shit from it for quite a while. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Forza Lego. Excited for that. Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I played uh, Horizon 3's Hot Wheels X-Pack more than I've played any other like Forza game period. I'm so excited that they keep going back to these like really creative, unique, colorful uh, landscapes. And apparently they're doing seasons for the Lego world as well. Um, Oh, that could be nice. Yeah. For people who don't know Forza Horizon 4, it has a season mechanic where every week is a different season. So like for example, this week is autumn, and a couple in a couple days it'll like go to winter in, in an obvious transition, and so all the entire map will change. Like lakes will freeze over, um, and those will become courses and stuff. So it's it's wild. It's wild how creative they were with like England. Now let's see how creative they are in <laughs> like completely unleashed creative like mindscape in a Lego world. Like hype. <laughs> Just seeing them driving through a field of Lego flowers and grass and seeing the little pieces getting knocked up and just thrown into the air, that alone was fantastic. Just that visual yes. sold me on the entire conceit of Lego Forza. 
We all know how much you love destructible environments, Andy. Uh, I really do. I really <laughs> do. That's the Lego's the pinnacle of that. We didn't, however, get a Forza 8 announcement, like you thought we might have. Yeah, I was hella confident, because we haven't missed a yearly iteration since uh, Horizon 1. So that would have been like seven, eight years ago. And when they commented on why, they said they just wanted to take more time and uh, make some creative advancements uh, for the franchise, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair move. Yeah, the uh, the most troubled game in the franchise was Forza Four, which was a launch game for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, it got a lot of shit because they got a lot of shit because they didn't want to just port all of their old tracks into the new generation. They were rebuilding all the tracks, which is like so so noble and authentic. It's like the franchise built itself up on like just being a technical marvel and doing everything as accurately as possible with the technology they have. Um, and so they didn't really release a game with all the content people had expected. It wasn't like a ne- a logical advancement of the franchise. It was sort of a step backwards content wise, but I mean, by, by the end, by the time this, the next one came out, like it had everything. So that's probably where their heads at. Yeah. Makes sense. Another prediction that did not come true was Fable 4. We, we, <laughs> we thought that that might have gotten some press. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. It's, no. It's it's, uh, it's ready when it's ready, I guess, right? Yeah. We want a new Fable game, though. Really want it. Although, I mean, knowing the Fable series, it's never ready. Really. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> well, Peter Molyneux is never ready to admit that, like... The game didn't live up to his fucking hype. Well, yeah, he, he's gone. He, he, he doesn't stop adding new features to it in his mind, so it'll never be finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a, a, a prediction that I made that came true was Microsoft announced that they had scooped up a new developer, a new studio, and announcing that studio's game. Yeah. Double With Fine. Fucking, yeah. Fucking Tim Schafer and Double Fine. I never would have thought that he would sell to uh, Microsoft. I seemed like he was pretty deep in bed with Sony. He, they had announced quite a few games at this point on Sony's stages, and it seemed like they were very much like going first party for them. And then, yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are, Psychonauts 2 for Xbox. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious how that's going to work, because they didn't have a publisher for it. I think they were self-publishing. Um, so does Microsoft step in and be like, nah, it's an exclusive now, sorry. Or do they go like the the Minecraft Dungeons route and say, ah, fuck it. Like people, every, people everywhere like Minecraft. So here you go. The vibe I've been getting from Microsoft the last couple of weeks has been, or months has been they just want their games on people's stuff. And if that's on Switch, yeah. if that's on Steam, Epic, whatever, just please play our games. Which I guess yeah, yeah. is nice. I'm still a little... I get pissed off anytime I see one of these crowdfunded games then jump in with a larger company because I feel like it just kind of goes against the spirit of the crowdfunding. Yeah. and, it, and they're, they're obviously spe- taking money from two sources at that point. And just because, especially with Double Fine, that they were such a, a, a darling and vanguard of Kickstarter funding of games... And then they were they did their whole thing with Fig. It feels just so 
sleazy for them to then say, well, that game that you know set records for for funding for a crowdfunded game and was the talk of crowdfunding and the, you know was the face of crowdfunding for months. Yeah, Microsoft's going to publish it. We're owned by Microsoft now, so all that money that was raised, <laughs> you know, helped fund a game that they're going to make money off of. Just yeah. feels very. Eh, the whole thing feels dirty. It, yeah, it does, because, like, I mean, at this point, they're going to treat Kickstarting like a sort of discount, like, early purchase system. Yep. And not, you know, what the reason people actually kickstarted it, which was to put money towards, like, the vision of some creators. Right. The whole idea was the publishers don't believe this game is is profitable and will make money. Let's show them that there is a market for this game out there by having you guys fund it yourself. Yeah. And then to have the publisher going like, Oh, you know what? We, we would like a piece of that, please. We, (laughs) we actually, we actually would like to make money off that game. So if you could just come back this way. Yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) The, the big one though, friggin' cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Cyberpunk actually coming out in the next year. That's right. and with a special guest appearance there. Oh man, Keanu on stage! They fucking stole the show. Yeah, uh, I'm still I'm still pretty jazzed about it. I, I loved that bit. I love <laughs> Cyberpunk. I, I it's crazy that we didn't talk about Cyberpunk at all in the last episode because that has been the game I've been most excited for since they announced it in like 2011. I, I honestly. Li- when we were doing that last episode, it was one of those things where I just had cyberpunk as like a, as a given. Just okay, obviously yeah. cyberpunk, but what else? Yeah, yeah, right. I and it's like a big part of my life. I feel like like I'm just <laughs> always thinking about it that I just took it for granted. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, game. Uh, they didn't show any gameplay to the public yet. They'll probably do what they did the last year because um, they had a closed door demo again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably release it to the public in a few weeks and I will eat that shit up so hard. But I mean, for now we're excited for the inclusion or I'm excited for the inclusion of Keanu Reeves and a fucking release date. I cannot believe it's actually coming out. It's been so fucking long. Less than a year. Oh my God. I'm going to get that fucking release date tattooed on my body and then it's going to get delayed and then I'm going to get a second tattoo. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say about uh, Scarlet or xCloud? Yeah, yeah. We could, uh, so my prediction on Scarlet was spot on. They did ex- yes, exactly what they did with the One X. Exactly what they did. Released just a, a Talking Heads uh, teaser. Said it was going to be four times as powerful as the, the X, the One X. Not even the base Xbox. Which is kind of crazy because the One X is a technical marvel and it just came out... Uh, year and a half ago year almost two years ago so uh yeah it's it's gonna be a juggernaut and i'm curious real curious what sony's answer to that's gonna be yeah i don't know maybe maybe we'll find out later this year maybe they'll do their own thing yeah i mean it's all speculation at this point they they did what sony sort of already done and then they acknowledged there's another console coming out doesn't have a name uh they said it's coming out next year i don't know if sony confirmed that or not but uh, yeah, so there's still still a lot of details out there, but um, I'd read an article from Phil Spencer, the head of uh, 
Xbox. And he was basically like, yeah, what, why would we waste all of our time pretending we're not making a console when people can ask <laughs> questions that we might actually be able to answer? Like, so that's fair play. Fair play on him. Yep. That makes sense. Mm. Just to, to wrap it up, we had two predictions that did not come true beyond the ones we've already talked about. Uh, my prediction that they'd be reviving their old series Outwars, surprisingly, <laughs> did not happen. And your prediction of Conkers making an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, it was a fucking Hail Mary. Yeah, they, those were both pretty unlikely. Would have been neat, though. Oh, hell yeah, I'd buy a Conkers game. Mm. All right, so what was next? Bethesda? Yep, Bethesda was later in the evening on Sunday. Um, we got a lot of expected stuff. Uh, gameplay for Doom Eternal. It's not even worth talking about because it's more of what we are we saw last year. More Elder Scrolls Blades, Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah. Everything but uh, we'll, Elder Scrolls. We'll Young Blood. Yep, a lot, a lot of known stuff going into Bethesda's conference. We we did get uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ooh. So it's just a CGI trailer, but it is a fucking cool-looking game from the developers of The Evil Within, which is another spooky game. <laughs> a very, very enthusiastic presentation as well, which I really liked. Yeah. What was her name? Uh, Akima Nakamura? Yeah, she's, she's one of the, the three standout performances of E3. Her, Keanu yeah. Reeves, and that puppy. <laughs> the puppy sleeping. They got abandoned on stage by John Barenthal. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Okay, so Ghost Ghostwire looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, Deathloop that looked pretty neat too. Yeah, all, all, another CG trailer. Um, so they they had two new game announces, and both of them were just just movie trailers. Um, this one I can't wrap my head around how it would be fun. Can you you want to explain the the premise? So it seems like there are two people on an island that are trying to kill each other, because one of them's stuck in Groundhog Day, where if he doesn't kill her, he'll never leave, and the other one wants it to be Groundhog Day, and if she doesn't kill him, it'll stop being Groundhog Day. I, I don't a hundred percent understand what that's supposed to be gameplay wise. In my mind, I'm thinking of it as. Just like I could see it working as a linear story based shooter, yeah, yeah, that, so, that or it's just 1v1 me the game, yeah, I guess that that could work too. It actually, it, for some reason, remind me, do you remember the game Singularity? Yeah, yeah, we talk about that oddly frequently, yeah, <laughs> I don't know because no one talks about that game, it wasn't very popular, but it's pretty this, middle of the pack. This announcement, that, you know, the fact that it takes place in this island with this weird time loop thing, it made me think of Singularity a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for better for it than Singularity got, because <laughs> I, I like the aesthetic of it, but I don't know what the game is. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm sort of getting just, I don't know. I, I'm not expecting anything from this game, and I mean, I'm willing to be pleasantly surprised, but I, yeah, I don't and then what else do we get from them? Oh, you were right about more Fallout 76 support and what wonderful support it is. Yeah, surprising amount of uh, content coming out for the game. And admittedly, yeah. even I was like, shit, if if it actually goes free at some point, I'll try this. 
Yeah. Now, yeah. now that they now fixed th- all the fucking problems. <laughs> now that they added in all the things that people were complaining about being missing before release. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, that's dumb. That doesn't align with our vision of what this game is. Yeah. Which, and their vision was a dumb game. Yeah. Yes. And th- that was pretty resoundingly found by uh, mm-hmm. everyone who jumped into it. We What else we got here? Um, well, Brink... they also announced a battle royale for yeah, Fallout 76. That, that had me laughing when I saw that. Yeah. Just outright laughing because it was so... As part of a Fallout 6 an- 76 announcement saying, we're doing the things that you told us to do before we release the game and that we spent a year vehemently insisting didn't need to be done. We're adding that, and we're also adding a Battle Royale mode because we stopped reading gaming news a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be another Battle Royale behind a huge pay gate because that game's still $60. Yep. I don't know. And... If, and if, if Cliffy B can't make it work, what makes you think you can, Bethesda? <laughs> what makes you think that you're better than Cliffy B? No comment. No comment. <laughs> so... So I want to I want to give myself partial credit that I was wrong about them bringing back Brink, that was incorrect, <laughs> but I was right. Nice try. About them bringing about them announcing a battle royale game. Yeah, definitely par- partial credit. It was definitely shoehorned into the the game that no one wanted it to be in, but the only game that they could in their entire library of games. But the the big announcement or the big win for me was that as of today as of 613 starfield still does not exist there is no re- there's no evidence that it exists <laughs> there is nothing out there we are no closer to starfield that we know nothing more about it than we did prior to e3 and it is still it's not a scam legally i'm not saying it's a scam but it's it, it has that feeling like it is i'm not accusing anyone of being a, of scamming anyone or doing anything illegal, but it does not feel like a real game. And yeah, I don't know why yeah. they bothered saying anything about it. If it's been how long and they've told us nothing. <laughs> Next, they're going to start like a Kickstarter page and it's just going to be a logo for the game. And it's going to be like, <laughs> come on, you yeah, know what to uh, do. Still be fastest, <laughs> fastest uh, funded game in history. <laughs> and uh, no wet remastered either. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bold predictions. Didn't, yep. didn't pay off. But I was right about my biggest prediction, so I'm going to call that as overriding all of the other predictions. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely worth three points, at least. <laughs> I I cannot fucking believe that they're not talking about this game yet. Yeah, it, it's, it's insane. It's been in development, what, since fucking Fallout 4? Probably before Fallout 4 released? So they claim... God. Yeah. So they claim it's been in development, oh, and that was also the, the same one engine, they, isn't it? They said that that Elder Scrolls Six wasn't happening until after Starfield, right? Yeah, which they re- I, I heard reaffirmed by Todd Howard within the last three weeks. So, the game that people, two games that people want, and one of them isn't even coming out until after the other one, which doesn't exist, comes out. <laughs> Their, their philosophy is sort of similar to GTA uh, 5's philosophy, Rockstar's philosophy on uh, games. Like, there's still a fuck ton of people playing Skyrim. Like, we're, we're not in a hurry. 
Yeah, but how many more times can they sell it though? They're running out. Of, if there's another year until pe- people start putting out new hardware, yeah, and then they they'll re-release it for that too. Have Have they ported Skyrim to Android yet? <laughs> uh, Alexa's running on Android, so technically yes. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> All right, what was next? Devolver. Yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah, yeah. It was anything in there that really jumped out at you? I mean, we didn't get the new uh, Raycon game, so no, nothing there. Yeah, yeah. They they confirmed it's coming. That's that's uh, people were just jammering at them on Twitter. I was yep. bummed, but it's coming. There's a game coming. Okay, good. Good job, <laughs> Devolver. Yeah, it was a funny show as always. But they showed, yeah. I think they showed one new game, and it was twenty minutes long. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. What do we got next? Uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft kicked off Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Oh, actually, before we get into Ubisoft, there was... I just want to point out, because we had the, the PC gaming show mm. before Ubisoft, which I don't know how... Do they just go and find like the sleepiest people they possibly can to go in that <laughs> audience? There was just no energy in there. And, that, like, it, and it's not like, okay... You're not going to get people cheering for Mosaic or Conan Chop Chop. But that <laughs> you've got fucking Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2. That looked awesome. Yeah. And Chivalry like 2 looked awesome. awkward woo. Yeah. Evil Genius 2, which I think I was the only person really excited for it. But they had a lot of good trailers there. Stuff that people should have been shouting about. And just nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, Nothing that was at a pretty all. efficient show. Like, they were just, just hammering games out. You would have thought that the energy would build after a while, but it didn't. No, it definitely did not. It wasn't like the crack of dawn in L.A. It was like 10 or 11 p.m. Or a.m., sorry. ten. It was 10 a.m. I think the only so. things that really got any excitement were uh, Shenmue 3 and Auto Chess. Can you explain to me auto chess? Why why is that game getting such hype? I don't understand it. I I had never even heard of it until about two weeks ago. <laughs> they they mic dropped with auto chess, and Gamespot wrote an article about how auto chess is going to be the next huge genre. And I I just I still don't understand. Maybe it's maybe <laughs> it's because I'm in my late twenties, but I <laughs> guess I'm just aging out of the new games. It, it, no. It has something to do with Dota, right? Does Auto it? chess? I, I don't know. Doesn't it? Isn't it related to one of those? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get any of it. And nobody explained it to me yet. I need to be sat down and told why things are hip and cool these days, Andy. Man, I still don't understand MOBAs, man. I'm so lost. I mean, why I, can't, get, I get Dota. Why, why can't they just me. be like Paragon or Demigod? I understood those. <laughs> oh, man. Paragon. It's weird that Epic is where it is today. <laughs> yeah, well, Considering Paragon. Was all they need to do is just see which of the games they put out I really like, then cancel them and focus on something <laughs> else. All right, that was all I had for the PC gaming one. I, just, I really just wanted to comment that they need to get better, more excited people in there. Because it was just... Totally. It, it was like watching people at a church group. Just no energy. Yeah. 
Yeah, get it together, guys. It's fucking video games. They all look right? cool. It was, it, was, it was a good showcase. How are you so bored by video games? You flew out <laughs> here to see commercials for video games. How are you bored by video game commercials? You have the best job in the world. Wake <laughs> up the fuck up. All right, Ubisoft. What jumped Ubisoft. out at you from them? Um, nothing. I was... I didn't care much for their conference this year, honestly. Um, really? Yeah, their their Watchdogs gameplay like still left me with a lot of questions. Looked like another Watchdogs game, but with a gimmick. Um, I don't see how they're gonna pull it off. Like, pull off a good story in Watchdog Legion. And for people who don't know, the entire game is based around there not being any main characters, which I think is a complete lie. They have to have some main characters. Um, and you can jump between different people um, and play as them, depending on whether you like, you know, their abilities or, you know, you're a racist and you like their skin tone or whatever the fuck reason. <laughs> the only two reason reasons, you're playing. The only two reasons to select a character in game, abilities <laughs> or racism. Yeah, I mean, there's not much different. Like, it seemed like everyone had like two abilities and they weren't that interesting. It's like, oh, that guy's got plus 50% demolitions. He's a demolitions expert. He's he's young, or he's old, or he's you know black or white, whatever. It, it like it wasn't enough to get excited to play individual characters. It didn't seem like there was going to be that much individuality. Like I'd be surprised if there was more than like eight different people recording audio for the game. So you're going to just be like, oh, I just played this guy. He died. Like yeah, I mean, to be fair. I think Jason Marsden did 80% of the male voices in Skyrim and Oblivion. Like, yeah. if, if we're talking yeah. about... <laughs> I think... But that's not but, you walking around muttering to yourself and, like, having to hear it constantly. Like, no, I that's true. People in that game. That's, that's true. I think... And cl- clearly, you and I had, had very different reactions to that trailer because I got very hyped about Watchdog Legions after seeing that. Really? Yeah, I did. Uh, I think, and we we meant, we talked about this very briefly, I think, on Twitter. But I, I think you could do the story as something that's focused on DeadSec and not an individual person in DeadSec. So you've got members of DeadSec that are non-player characters that are engaging in conversation, that are pushing the story along, and then you are playing as the recruits and new people around the table that are also there helping out. Yeah. Does that tell an interesting story, though, when there's no characters? Well, I mean, there are. They're just, they're not you. Okay, so you're you're talking like the the Council of DeadSec is going to be the main driving force? Yeah, yeah. Basically, everyone else in DeadSec is, everyone else at the table that's discussing what to do next Call, you know, you're calling the tech guy and the tech or the, you know, the, the guy who helps you find cars and dispatches cars. And that's going to be a voice yeah. character with a name and everything, but you're just recruit. You know, so that makes that... me, it makes me immediately think of Anthem. And I thought that they did a terrible job with it. Um, <laughs> Cause you're, you're voiceless and you walk around and they're really trying their damnedest to tell interesting stories in between missions with these people talking at you. And it never, not even for one second, does it land. It's just, it's weak and dumb and bad. And I hated it. 
Well, it's kind of it. You're basically almost writing story for like an MMO because you need to write a story that makes sense regardless of what gender or race or class or age or body type your character is. Well, and it needs to be needs to work regardless of how many people are in your party and whether or not you've done any of the side quests. So it's not really the same because you're always playing like. Uh, the champion or the warrior of light like and it makes like the story makes sense because it's always like this is the warrior of light and then you can it doesn't just like transition to like permadeath and then you're just like swept away and instantly replaced with oh this is this was actually the warrior of light we just misread the prophecy like that's that's actually like an example from final fantasy 14 where every cutscene like it's just the warrior of light this single person saved us from the cataclysm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you, or maybe a game like XCOM, where it's basically like you aren't even a character. You've got a team of people, and you're basically it's the organization of XCOM fighting aliens. Yeah, yeah. I, but... I think that's kind of the direction it has to go for it to have a really structured storyline. Yeah, I mean, that would have to be the direction, but is does that mean it's a good direction for the type of game it is? Like, do you think the story will be good with that format? I don't think it'll be any worse than one or two. <laughs> not a high bar. <laughs> no, it's it's not. And honestly, some of the, the stories Ubisoft has told lately in its games have not been great. Division 2, uh, New Dawn, The Last Ghost Recon were pretty mediocre stories. Yeah, they're very gameplay based. I mean, other than uh, Odyssey and Origins, which had real writing and story, uh, their games are kind of <laughs> just fill in the blank stories. Yeah, yeah. Even some Far Cry, which is sort of re- renowned for storytelling, like Far Cry Five, sort of ebbed and waned in its quality, like heavily ebbed and waned. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to try it out. I want, I want, as I said last time, I want a game set in London. I love the yes. idea of it being a post-Brexit London that has a lot of potential for interesting situations and missions, assuming that they, they allow themselves to just pick a side and play it. Yeah, no, it seemed like the environment was good. Like, immediately struck by how beautiful everything was. It seemed like it was, like, not distant future, but, like, far enough. Like, it wasn't like Brexit happened yesterday and the world exploded. <laughs> Um, that probably would have been an even, even more heels in dirt political stance. Right. (laughs) But, but yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, to be clear, I want the game to work out. I don't want any game to fail. I just, I don't believe that it's going to be anything special. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, Any other Ubisoft games that catch your eye that you wanted to mention? Not a single one. You didn't want their, uh, not interested in their cross game you know, all characters together, elite squad thing. Oh, the Brawlhalla game. Yeah. yeah. I was surprisingly hyped for, I don't even watch much Adventure Time, but they're putting Adventure Time characters in this game called Brawlhalla. Oh, no, no, no. 2D not... fighter. I was thinking of the uh, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. The one where it's like Sam Fisher and some of the guys from Rainbow Six, like that top down. Oh. Did you, did did you miss this? sleep for this? <laughs> yeah, it's like some top down mobile game, I think, where... Like a little strategy game, oh, which is full fuck. of characters from Tom Clancy games. What the fuck? Who's what? 
What characters from Tom Clancy game? You got Sam Fisher and that's it. No, what you had... Um, <laughs> I mean, some... And the some one of the... famous Tom Clancy guy that's not in any games? Jack Ryan? Ja- oh, yeah, Jack Ryan. I was th- Who's that? Tom Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy himself? himself. <laughs> uh, that game I'd play if Tom Clancy was a fucking, you know... You got... Like a sniper rifle. You've got, uh... Like probably some of the name characters from Division. I think the some of the characters from Rainbow Six Siege. Um, fuck, are there other Tom Clancy games? Maybe they'll bring back Ding Chavez from Rainbow Six One. I don't know. <laughs> you could have made all these names up because no, no one cares about these characters. You don't. You don't. Uh, you didn't memorize all the characters and get attached to all the characters from Rainbow Six One. No. No. God. I just remember Ding. I just remember Ding Chavez. I thought it was a great name. That's a great name. That's that'll be my children's name. All of them. Oh, and just to, we did not get from Ubisoft a new entry in the Driver series or a Prince of Persia Zelda-like game, which were our, well, our two predictions. They did announce that Monsters and Gods, which is a Zelda-esque game. Uh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, I take that yeah. back. So only I was wrong. <laughs> Got him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people are saying, I, t- I don't know if people know something I don't, because the CGI trailer like all looked like it was like similar landscapes, and that's literally it. But people were making a lot of uh, comparisons to Breath of the Wild. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know if people are just going to be sorely disappointed, or they know something I don't know. But I didn't get excited about the trailer. It was like, a little bit too cartoonish for me. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I want it to be good, but... All it did, like watching it, made me think of Dauntless, and <laughs> like just okay, Dauntless. I, I, I'm already bored of that game, so can't wait it, to be I don't bored know. of this. Yeah, it. I know that they're not the same thing. I know that, that they're not supposed to be, but just that kind of bare environment, simple graphics, one person fighting a big monster. It just brought me back to my days last week of playing Dauntless, and nah, nah, I'm done with it. What did you think of Square's conference? Yeah, I mean, so it was like the the re-release show of the century. Um, but that being said, I don't think they had a bad show. Um, they're they were primarily leaning into the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, oh yeah, they leaned into that hard. Yeah, which like you know, like I'm finally on board. Like I was a big Final Fantasy VII guy. And I just didn't believe that this game was going to get executed well. And like the gameplay I saw, I was actually really excited about. So seems like it might be coming together in one sense. But in another, they still don't have a fucking distribution model for a game that they have announced a release date for. They don't even know what content is going to be in this release. (laughs) They don't even know how many fucking games are going to be a part of this fucking remake. So as soon as I had faith in them for like 10 seconds, it was just crushed as soon as there was developer interviews that like tried to get information out of them that they were not volunteering themselves. Yeah, it's very, it's very square. Like you probably could have predicted that was the case if you really thought about it. Yeah. Because it's just, and it kind of, it fits in with your prediction was not much info about the Final Fantasy VII remake. And (laughs) at, at the same time, we got quite a bit of info and none. And none. Yeah, because yeah, no. 
they could have explained how their new battle system worked in two sentences. And then, like, the video was cool to watch, but, like, they could have explained that. I explained it to friends of mine afterwards. It's, oh, yeah, the new battle is this, it's half this, half that, and you wait for it to charge, then you attack. They didn't need a a 15-minute video. Yeah, no, they, they really just wanted to show off the entire first part of the game, which has probably been made for since they started this. Right. So, long story short, don't fucking pre-order this game. Don't don't support their shenanigans. Wait wait till there's a finished product that we understand what it is. Be like being it's... sold a fucking cat in a dog suit and being told it's a fucking Shiba Inu. <laughs> it's Final Fantasy VII. It's going to sell like gangbusters. There's yeah. nothing we can do. I'm trying have, to stem we, that flow. We can't. We can't stop it. It's too late. Vote with your wallets, people. Show them that games sell should be sold after release, not before. It's already been sold yeah. to everyone who's going to buy it. So did, I'm mad. What did you think? What did you think of Circuit Superstars? Uh, what? <laughs> that what? top-down racing game they showed. Oh yeah, I mean it was cute. <laughs> it was cute. I don't, I'm never going to play it, not for one single second. It, it was such a weird thing to be in the middle of, like, here's Dragon Quest and Last Remnant, yeah. Battalion 1944, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Here's a racing game. A little <laughs> cute little top-down racing. Looks kind of like uh, like that old uh, RC Power game, whatever the fuck it was called on, on yeah, NES. Yeah, yeah, RC World Championship or some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 they were... I think they just took a pl- uh, a play out of the playbook of uh, EA, who's always like, and look at all of our go- the goodwill we need to uh, harvest with this one <laughs> indie studio from Mexico. Look at this cute game they're making. Did we mention they're an indie studio with five people and poor? <laughs> I go, yeah, you got that. Anyways, here's Outriders. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Outriders. That. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Again, another fucking trailer. Um, uh, t- definitely a shooter. That's about all we know about it. The CS setting looks cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. I, I, I'm willing to give it a shot when, the, whenever they're ready to show me something about it. Yeah, it's and, more than a cryo sim game. How fucking sweet did that Avengers game look? You know, I really like the Tomb Raider franchise, and. <laughs> I don't know, man. They, they lost a lot of goodwill from not just me, but apparently the entire internet. Just, their, vi- their vision for the game wasn't clear, and from interviews I've read afterwards, it's still not clear. I I don't know. What, you give your take while I just scream into a pillow real quick. <laughs> it, that style of game has... like Those kind of Avengers games have never really appealed to me anyways, so I kind of went into the trailer with with a very like okay um, what is this going to be more Marvel Ultimate Alliance but with better <laughs> graphics but I don't know I I don't know anyone who watched and I know a lot of people who were watching that Square conference avidly and I didn't see anyone talking about Avengers afterward <laughs> yeah the the internet took a huge problem with the character models, and that was like the big oh, yeah. point for a while. Because they don't and look like the movie, the the actors. Yeah, let, let me be very clear. Don't give a shit. Not not a, not a single shit. 
it looks like they're they're going for like semi photorealistic, but not breaking the uncanny valley. Don't care at all. Yeah. I'm glad they 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 made a uh, design decision. And they stuck with it. Cool. Problem I have with the game is the watching that gameplay trailer didn't give any idea of what the fucking game is. And this game's coming out in nine months. It, and they they sold it as a single player game that's gonna ha- be a service. It's also gonna have like some sort of multiplayer components. But they don't know what yet. Which it's like, how is it a service if it's a single player game? Like, and then afterwards, when I was reading about it, they're like, oh yeah, like the story is definitely a single player experience. But then there's also multiplayer experiences in the single player experience. And then I'm like, what? And they went on to detail what sounded just like Assassin's Creed Unity, the most successful Assassin's Creed <laughs> franchise game. Sarcasm. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to have like some side quests that are going to be multiplayer enabled. So, like, are are you making like a shared world action game? Like, is it going to be like the division, except if the division didn't let you do multiplayer for 90 percent of the game? What the fuck is going on? I'm not impressed. It's not going to get my money. I want to give them my money. It's Crystal (laughs) Dynamics. Yep. Loved their like last several releases. Well, and then Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, very specifically. Both very good games. I I just, just so concerned. Alright, let's move on to the uh the other real big one there, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. What a show. Yeah, that was a hell of a show. They I mean I I I was impressed with them starting with the Dragon Quest stuff, Dragon Quest and Smash, and the Dragon mm. Quest uh, on Switch because I didn't finish Dragon Quest. I had it on PC, but 11 I can see my specifically eleven specifically. Yeah, uh, well, I haven't finished a lot of the Dragon Quest games. To be fair. <laughs> there's, there's fucking noob. There's a lot of them about, but yeah. I'm I can definitely see myself getting back into Dragon Quest on Switch. Uh, that's a good spot for it. Yeah, those those are good games for Switch. A lot like like Tales of Symphonia or two D art JRPGs like uh, Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I found a good home. Uh, then you get Luigi's Mansion. That looked pretty cool. I'll, I like that series. I'll, I'll check it out. All, all you dog. <laughs> oh yeah, all me. Okay, cool. Good. Let's I, let's let's talk about Gooigi for a minute because that's okay. the real star of that game. Yes. Yeah, it, it's amazing how popular things that are near and related to but aren't Luigi are, because people <laughs> fucking love Gooigi and people fucking love Waluigi. Yeah, yeah. Is he? He's still not in. No, he, Smash. he's he's just an assist trophy. Yeah, that gets people's goats. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, it's so interesting because he has such a vocal following and (laughs) the weirdest thing and no one gives a shit about Bowser Jr. Nope. And and hell, I mean, no one gives a shit about Birdo and Birdo shows up everywhere. Hey, I like Birdo. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Birdo as well, but it just, they, they make the weirdest calls on what characters to like elevate in which to leave behind. Yes, very, very arbitrary. Metal, Metal Mario. Yep. Okay, cool. Why? He's fine, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 
The uh, the other big announce for Smash though was Banjo. What an amazing reveal trailer that yeah. was! Yeah, and quietly also because we're going to be on the topic, they had announced that uh, Super Lucky's Tale was coming mm-hmm. to Switch as well. Yep, so we'll get into why that's relevant in a minute. But Banjo, yeah, what an amazing reveal trailer that was! Oh my god. Duck, duck Hunt Dog getting stomped in the fucking throat by Banjo-Kazooie. Is, that was amazing. That's that's I, I could, could not believe it. And you could just see people on Twitter, just one tweet after another, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, my favorite video is like uh, the Nintendo store in New York where they're all like, yeah! And they're like, no! And then they like doubly lost their mind when he actually came out of the shadows. It was just like dudes were tearing their shirts off and stuff. That is that is the shit. That, that is, is that is E3 in a moment. That is how you actually do a reveal trailer. That yeah. was amazing. Same same with um well actually with all the reveal trailers. We're all really oh, well yeah. done. Gangbusters. Nintendo did not waste any words and they got straight to it. Yeah, I fucking Panzer Dragoon. It's a series I haven't thought about in ages. Yeah, yeah that's just a port, right? That didn't look like a re-release. Or no, not I, a re-release, a uh, new game. I, I think I think it's like a remaster, just like an upscale. That's the impression yeah. that I got. Also, well, what the fuck is this Dark Crystal game? <laughs> I I know that Netflix is releasing some Dark Crystal shit, so it must be a tie-in. But who cares? What a weird thing to throw in the middle of E3. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so wasn't that goddamn TV show on the Ubisoft stage. <laughs> I forgot about the TV show. Psychopaths, what are you doing? Do you know where you are? Uh, Look around you. It's They've got a, they've got an hour and 40 to fill. They gotta fill that hour 40. They sure did. Filled to the fucking brim with doo-doo. People finally got their Animal Crossing uh, announcement. I know a lot of people were very excited about that. Yeah. Gameplay and a title, New Horizons. Yeah, that looked like more Animal Crossing. Looked pretty good. I'm excited for that. I'll definitely play that when it comes out. Uh, And then the thing thing about that game is that will, because it's on the Switch, it will absolutely be the first Animal Crossing game I play. And I've Mm -hmm. had a Nintendo console since GameCube with the original Animal Crossing game. It's never been an appealing sit down and play game for me, but I would play the shit out of that game on the train. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect uh, trains, planes, and automobiles game. All the only Animal Crossing I've ever played was been on DS and 3DS. I never yeah. played I- any of the one on uh, on GameCube. There you go. I'm it's definitely it came out a of retirement game. now. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely going to get into that. And I know how excited you were for Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games 2020. Oh. That sucked. That's that series still goes. I don't get it. <laughs> I I remember that that like the old games that came out. They were like a dollar on clearance, like while the Olympics were still going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this fucking <laughs> this is a thing anymore. And then your biggest, I think your biggest win of the night, your prediction there. Oh, Breath of the Wild two. Yeah, Did you I predict you, that? you predicted. You said three D Zelda announcement. I've got it in my notes here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I predicted it. Yeah, I remember... What's funny is because I remember people saying direct sequel to Breath of the Wild and then scoffing, but I could see them doing a, another Zelda game, like just an announce or something. But 
shows me they a direct sequel for the first time. Well, not the first time in the franchise, but like direct, direct sequel, like coming out right after that game, not 20 years later and a completely different game also, even if it's like a back to back storyline like uh, Link Between Worlds, because that's a direct sequel to Link to the Past, right? Well, you had uh, Majora's Mask as probably the closest analog you've got. Well, that that's not even in the same timeline as Majora, uh, as uh, Ocarina that's, of Time. That's true. That's true, yeah. As far as a story it's the same sequel. same engine. Yeah. yeah. As a story sequel, you're right. Because the only yeah. the only other ones that you had were like the uh, some of the handheld ones. Right. Yeah, so... Like, this is a very, very clearly, well, because they said it, it was a sequel to Breath of the Wild. It's like the only words in the entire, entire ad. And it looks beautiful. Looks like it's in the same world. Um, it looks like they're probably going to utilize some of the underground because that wasn't, there's not much underground in the original game. So, I mean, it looks like we may even see like a huge cataclysm happen, sort of like what happens off scene, off screen in the the years that uh link is slumbering so we might see like a really huge change in the landscape which justify a new game in this world to me yeah that looks really neat i i, I was impressed with it just in in keeping with the theme of nintendo with how well that announcement was done yeah they, I, they, they knew that they didn't need much they did not need to show a lot just a couple seconds of footage a couple of sentences on screen and room fucking explodes. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing, too, is they, they showed so much so quickly. Like, there was just so many iconic shots that you could immediately recognize as stuff that you weren't familiar with from Breath of the Wild. Like, the like the like it looked like there was some sort of ox or something underneath. And, like, Zelda's with you, which didn't obviously didn't happen in Breath of the Wild. Um, there's like so many, like I haven't really deep dove on the video, but like there's so many scenes where I was like, what is that? What is, what's going on here? Why is this happening? I'm so fucking excited. So were you disappointed that Metroid Prime 4 got no announcement? Yeah. I mean, I'm infinitely disappointed, disappointed with their handling of that franchise, but they got a lot of goodwill from me this year. So I'm going to give them a pass on that one. Uh, oh, you wanted to say something super lucky's tale on switch. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it was going to come up, but yeah, that's so Banjo-Kazooie is a Microsoft property. Um, so that means that this is, again, another sign of like a really close relationship between Microsoft and uh, Nintendo. And then late or not, actually, this was before um, but they quietly announced that Super Lucky's Tale was also coming to the Switch as a full release. Um, so before this Cuphead was coming and that was news because that was a Microsoft published game. Lucky Super Lucky's Tale is a first-party game. This was developed by a team owned by Microsoft. So that means that this will technically be the first game that has been released on another console by Microsoft that they've developed in-house. This is, I think, the some of the best news as far as just general industry news of companies slowly moving away from trying to create their own walled gardens. Like, I I love the idea of Microsoft and Nintendo playing in each other's yards and sharing this stuff. I I love, because there's there's so many, especially with Rare, so many pieces of intellectual property that some of it's Nintendo and some of it's Microsoft, and I'd love for that all to just become disentangled. 
mm-hmm. and you'll let that shit go. Yeah, and, and we're getting there day by day. And I just started playing Super Lucky's Tale today. It's a really fun game. Yeah, nice. Free on uh, Game Pass PC. And Free on Game Pass. We didn't mention Game Pass during the Microsoft thing, but they and they gave details on it, and then later that day I purchased it because it seemed like a really good deal, and so far it has been. Yeah. Yeah, that I think to me that was the unsung hero of the Microsoft conference because like we already knew it was coming. Also, I think both of the big announcements from that uh, well, big game announcements from that conference got sort of uh, or they definitely got leaked, but that sort of like was a shitty undertone on the conference because they didn't have any big game announcements. So Elden Ring and Bleeding Edge. Right. Right, um, Elden Ring being from From and Bleeding Edge being a four four v four melee game. Both the games look really cool. Uh, we didn't see much gameplay from Elden Ring, but neither here nor there. Uh, game Pass for PC comes out quietly. Um, I got like three years of it for free, and I now have a reason to play on my PC because I have a huge library of games instead of just you know like eight. Yeah, it was. I picked it up within you know within that evening, signed on for the Game Pass stuff, and immediately downloaded four or five games. I've played a couple of them. I played River Bond, which is another one that came out recently on straight to Game Pass. That was a lot of fun. I've been loving Super Lucky's Tale. It's my one of my favorite things they announced, and one of my favorite things coming out of it because it was one of the few things that was hey, and you can do this right now. Yeah, which I was surprised we didn't get more of this this year. You usually get a couple more of those. Yeah, and like I did immediately go and like start the install for Windows 10 and like wait for it was it was a long install. Yeah, Just yeah, it was. Do it overnight, guys. We're gonna do it. But yeah, like I then suddenly was really giddy, like downloading all these games I never thought I'd play on PC, and that was sort of the feeling that we were sort of missing from a lot of the conferences, like just that giddiness, just like, woo, something, this is a thing. Yeah, I was excited just to like, it felt like, hey, there's new stuff for me to play with. There's new stuff I can see. Yeah, exactly. Hundreds and hundreds of presents. And it it made made Ubisoft's uh, Ubi Club, whatever they called it, look like shit with their $15 a month for the 20 games they have. Yeah, as opposed to uh, five dollars a month for Game Pass right now. Yep, and I think it's got a hundred and four games currently. Ooh, yeah, this is starting to sound like Microsoft propaganda, but like, <laughs> fucking good luck, Ubisoft. Yeah, not good not fucking luck. You guys did not do well announcing that after Microsoft's. Mm. The only, the only thing that's gonna make that at all valuable is if they are going to release all their first-party stuff on it immediately. But Microsoft's also doing that with Game Pass. So it's still, still going to be... Uh, seems like it's going to be a one-sided fight. Yeah, I subscription think PC. the only difference with Ubisoft that sounds like the stuff that, that's available on there is more content complete. So it sounded like the stuff that you're getting for free is the gold editions, you know, premium editions. Oh, where, yeah. The higher editions... With more season passes and whatnot. Yeah, whereas with Microsoft, it seems kind of hit or miss depending on the game, whether or not you're getting the full or not. Which is fine, you know. It's that's definitely a benefit that I that I can see with Ubisoft. Not many of their games have a lot of DLC that I want. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, if I I was really into 
the crew too. I'm sure that'd be great. Yeah, like for Forza Horizon 4, like I spent $40 on that game, um, which traditionally is just a game, but I got the, that's, that was the cost for me to upgrade to the Ultimate Edition. So I got the game and everything that's ever going to come out for it, including Lego, Forza, yes. Anyway. So let's do a, a best best and worst uh, conference of E3, just to summarize our feelings. Go, you can go first. I, I think that the... So it's tough. There was a lot of stuff in the Microsoft conference, but not a lot of it is stuff that I'm going to end up playing. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it doesn't... I'm, I'm not a huge Halo fan. I'm not a huge Gears fan. So those are you know those don't affect me at all. But they had a good conference. I think the for me, I'd say the winner was Nintendo, though. They just... Everything they did was big. Mm-hmm. And they bookended themselves with su- their oh wait one more thing moment blew the hell out of everyone else's. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There was nothing that was going to come close to Breath of the Wild two, or or that fucking Banjo Kazooie announcement. Yeah, the last fifteen minutes of that show are so gangbusters, dude. Yep. Uh, love it. And I'd say the worst. Uh, I mean, the the PC gaming show was really sad because just there was no energy there. But I think what probably the most painful for me to watch was the Bethesda one. It, it just oh, felt yeah. like they they didn't have. It, it was such a roller coaster of jumping between games that I was confused that they were talking about to mm. them just showing off and talking about failures they had from last year. To, to that, they did like three mobile games back to back. Yeah, just sorry about Fallout seventy six. Sorry about Blades. Like, <laughs> like, why? Why are you doing this at E three? Why are you up here on? Why did you pay money? Go to therapy. <laughs> you got this whole thing that you you brought everyone to here and just yeah we we added NPCs. You guys were right. <laughs> It didn't make sense just to do everything with audio logs. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And we're we're going to put Blades on Switch. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> it was just so true. such a weird tone. And then to throw something like Ghostwire in there, which is like, oh, this looks super cool. Yeah, it was presented really well. Like, get, get that energy times a thousand, Bethesda. Yeah. That's it. It was just tonal shift left and right. So yeah, that's my best and worst. How about you? Um, exact same ones, so save us <laughs> some time here. <laughs> Literally, N- Nintendo and Gangbusters, I've never been so excited for Nintendo Direct before. They they aren't playing the fucking holding game like everyone else is right now because they're in the middle of a console generation. Everyone else is at the end of a console generation. So they were just like, this is our show. No one's no one expects shit of us. They know we're gonna we're consistent. We're gonna perform, you know. We're gonna get we're gonna get you to orgasm before we get ourselves to orgasm. Um, <laughs> very <but> kind, <laughs> very considerate of them. They're very kind lovers. Um, yeah, so they they showed up. They did. They exceeded everyone's expectations in what's usually a very lame duck year, and was pretty pretty lame duck. I I think people are getting a little bit riled up, um, but I think. That's because no one managed their own expectations of this year's E3. Like I knew not to expect anything and like getting a couple things was great. But yeah, like to to bookend that uh, Bethesda, I was I, I it was painful to watch for at least half of it. Like and I like their games. 
and I'm excited for Doom, and I'm excited for <laughs> Ghostwire, whatever it is. <laughs> yep. But what a what a shit show. Yeah, it just they did such a great job making me not excited about Doom and about Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh man, like, yeah. We we I'm, I'm the target audience it. for Youngblood. Yep. Give me that. But I w- was not excited after that trailer. No. I know I'm gonna buy it. But oh yeah, of course. I'm 100% going to buy it, but I was going to buy it before all of their nonsense and all of their yeah. nonsense only put it at risk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. No. Very, very disappointing year for Bethesda, but I often am like, like even last year when they, cause they, they pulled this fucking Sony and just announced a bunch of shit that they have no clue when the fuck it's coming out. Yeah. What the fuck? And then this year, like, they came back and they were like, so we're not going to talk about any of that stuff we announced last year. Here's the stuff that's coming out this year, though, that we had announced last year. And it's like only two things. Doom and Youngblood. Oh, before we, we let them go, one that we didn't mention with Bethesda that is another one that's probably bothered me more than you is that fucking Commander Keen game. Didn't look good, but... It's... Uh, are you familiar at all with the Commander Keen series? Old no. platforming game, old platforming game for DOS. Nothing too hardcore or anything. But it was just a simple platformer for DOS. A lot of fun. It died. You know, they made four or five of them, and then the series died somewhere in the mid nineties. <laughs> this Commander Keen, like, it's another one of these situations, like with the new Prey game or even the fucking Riverdale TV show. If you're not doing anything related to the original product, why are you using this IP at all? Because now no one else can use it. No one can mm-hmm. make another Commander Keen game because you've used it to make this bizarre mobile game for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether or not the game is good is irrelevant. Your Commander Keen was a game that existed in the 90s, so anyone who played it when it was around is now in their 20s or later. Which yeah, exactly. Is not- who... It's not the target audience for the game that you're selling. So what? Just create a new IP. Why pay money and use this IP? Who Who is being drawn in by this? <laughs> well, I just don't understand the logic. I mean, as someone who never played Commander Keen, I can tell you I'm also not interested in that game <laughs> at all. So good, good start for the game. I felt so bad for the woman giving that presentation. Because it was in like in between Doom Eternal and or, you know and, and Elder Scrolls release, it was just like, <laughs> what's she's up there trying to sell this this already disinterested crowd with no energy on a mobile game for kids? Yeah, like yeah, we're never gonna see her again. Why did you another one? Why did you bring this to E three? Why did this? Like, why need was there a presentation launch? for that? Yeah, why did this they need did, a launch? Like, just a sizzle rail for it. It might have been okay, but they, there was a presentation for this fucking game. Yeah, you could have had it on the floor. It's just a thing being yeah. shown off. Yeah, and there would be like articles where people are surprised about it. Like, oh shit, it's Commander Keen. It's mobile. Don't get too excited, but like, probably generate some buzz that way. Yeah, no, but no, they took... The... I, I just don't understand you, Bethesda. I don't... I'm worried about you. I don't know why you do these things to yourself. <laughs> Well, they definitely shot themselves in the foot this year. Any final thoughts? Yeah, like I said, um, decent E3. Nintendo, gangbusters. Everyone else, uh, bad to okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, let's do a wrap up. So thanks again, everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to like subscribe, uh, share with your friends, your aunts, your uncles, your aunts, friends. Uh, I'm Arcadia, A R K E Y D I A on the social medias. I'm solid. Oh God, I forgot. Solid. I'm so bad <laughs> at these wrap ups. I'm solid talker. S O L I T A L K E R on social media. Um, Thanks for listening. Nice. Yeah, man, I'm just <laughs> you, you. You'll, you'll get there. We'll get I'll, get, I'll get there. Uh, Thank, thanks again to our producer Devora for taking the time to help us <laughs> out here and and getting us those questions. You work hard on yeah, this, yeah. and we appreciate it. Look forward to that segment next week. All yeah. right. Well, that's that's game off number six, guys. Peace. <laughs>